All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Star of Something New, a DCOM podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me, as always, is my co-host and resident rip girl. Kate, although I wish I was a resident rip girl, I wish I could surf. It seems really cool. I've never tried. (laughs) And then this is the podcast in which we review every single Disney Channel original movie in chronological order, all the way from Under Wraps to Zombies 3. Woo! Episode 16, in which we will be discussing the 2000 Disney Channel original movie, Rip Girls. But before we do that, Kate, have you, how have you been since our last recording? It's only a week because we're getting our schedule back on track after last episode's recording got pushed back like multiple times. Yeah, it's all good. Um, I'm doing pretty well. Nothing really has changed that much for me. I recertified in CPR yesterday because that's something I do every two years. So... Yeah, that's about it. Still uh, struggling through the end of the semester, but very happy that it'll be done in less than a month now. Uh, how about you, Jake, within the past week? Uh, I've also been doing all right. You know, not much has changed, although it did really just hit me on Monday because my teacher pointed it out. We are in the last two weeks of our semester at my school, and I just went, oh, what? <laughs> you are That is crazy. Yeah, my school, my where I went for my undergrad, it would have been two weeks, but App State likes to go. Oh, I just said where I went to school. Well, I go to App State, for those of you wondering. Um, and they like to go uh, through the start of May, so I have three weeks, which is kind of a, kind of a bummer, but at least I have more time to get some of my stuff done because I have so much stuff to do. Yeah, no, um... I thought we had longer, too, but then on Monday, my teacher said, yeah, our last class is next Wednesday, and I just went, oh, mm. so I have a presentation to give tomorrow in History of Illustration, and I have three projects due next week. All right. Well, I think you'll do great with that. It, I mean, yeah, you, and then your first your first year of art school is over. Yes, my first year at this art school will be done. I will officially be a junior come the fall it'll be very exciting but also I just man my first year at this art school and it was basically all online I know I I mean I feel that my entire program went online so you know it is it is what it is but hopefully we'll have a little bit of normalcy in the fall I think we will with the vaccine rollout despite cases spiking right now I think that come summer it will dip again and that with vaccine rollout will be We'll be Gucci, but yeah, I, it was weird. It was a weird academic year for sure. Yeah. And like Kate says, well, as you listeners now know, we live in Michigan. And if you know anything about how Michigan and coronavirus are doing right now, we are not doing good, but um, Kate's fully vaccinated. I go back in a few weeks to get my second dose. So hopefully after that, you know, cases will start going down. That'd be nice. I know the governor's talking about, you know, people like not, I know she's not like officially putting us on like another lockdown or anything, but she's telling people, you know, maybe, you know, heed the advice about coronavirus and don't be doing th- stupid things, but you know. Literally. We'll I, yeah. I mean, obviously Jake and I are very like COVID conscious because we have recorded on Skype since the inception of our podcast in the fall. But hopefully, uh, I'm really hoping that over the summer, since we'll be fully vaccinated, if cases are like a little bit not as bad as now, we'll be good to record at least some of our episodes in person. That is the goal, I feel like, for right now. 
Yeah, that would be nice. I would love to record in person because I just think that would be a different experience than over Skype. Yeah, absolutely. My boyfriend used to have a used to have a podcast. They only did like four or five episodes, but this was pre-COVID. And they like all sat around a table. It was him and like four of his friends and they all sat around a table talking about stuff. And I feel like that's a cool experience that you get. We don't get to. I mean, we have our video on most of the time, but like you can't. It's not the same. It's not the same. Right. right. Yeah. How does it feel to officially have more podcast episodes than your boyfriend did? Oh, it feels good. His his podcast, they were so passionate about it, but it died so quickly. I felt, I mean, I felt kind of bad, but, you know, I, I'm i glad that we're going strong. I mean, what episode are we on? Like, what number? 16. This is 16. 17 if you count the Christmas special. 16 to 17. Uh, yes, I love it. We're, we're really, we have stuck to it since the fall, and I'm very proud of us. Also very proud of us is because we've also been working with school schedules, so it's like yes, when can we, and yeah, because like just last week we had to keep pushing back with the recording, but we finally got to it, and yeah, I don't think we're planning on stopping anytime soon. No, absolutely, and it's not like we have a reason to stop because there's so many more decoms to cover. I mean, I'm sure if at some point we cover all the decoms, we'll move on to something else, but there's so much to cover and so much ground to like catch up on still I mean we're in what 2000 still for as far as the years and it's 2021 right now so yeah Yeah. 2021 and they're still releasing more like I said I'm pretty sure Zombies 3 is going to be in 2022 so we have a lot of movies to go through still yeah we have a lot of ground to cover but maybe like over the summer we'll up our recording schedule to like once a week and try to cover some more ground but anyway we'll see see. yeah just depends on what things look like in another couple months no promises right well all right now that we've done our little catch-up let's get into this movie let's start with the background so rip girls is a 2000 family drama disney channel original movie i like that it's uh categorized as family drama that's kind of fun yeah, I feel like it's very fitting, but it is an interesting way to label it. Yes, it originally released on April 22nd, 2000, so right in the springtime, so we're really we're right around that date, honestly. It was directed by Joyce Ch- Chopra, who, that is a woman, I believe this is our first decom to be directed by a woman, then. Finally! My goodness. Yeah, that's, um... So I'm just trying to get her Wikipedia page to come up. But that is fantastic. I'm so excited because, oh, and we share a birthday. Me and Joyce Shop Chopra. Like, very different years. But we share a birthday. We were both born October 27th. Wow, that's fun. Uh, but, no, it is very cool that we finally have a female director. Bravo. We need that Oh, there there needs to be more diversity in the in the entertainment industry and so many different sectors. But anyway. Yeah, so Joyce uh, Chopra uh, directed this. This is the only decom she's ever made. <laughs> she ever directed. Well. So she was a one and done. That's, I mean, I mean, I feel like I would have liked the rest of her films. I mean, this wasn't my absolute favorite film, but I definitely really liked it. You know my big my big thing that I didn't like about this film, but we'll get into that, at, you know, later down the line. That, um, yeah, uh, all I know is 
other than this, um, she apparently also directed uh, one of uh, the many American Girl doll, American Girl doll based movies. So you know, there's that. <laughs> but everything else, I'm like, what is this? I don't know what this is. Anyway, we have uh, Joyce Chopra is our director. She's this is the one decom she did. Our first decom directed by a woman only took 16 movies to finally have one directed by a woman. Finally. I mean, granted, these only starred in 97, but then, yeah, still, it feels like that took a while. Anyway. And, of course, you know, we've had more female directors since, but still. Right, right. So, first, um, as far as our cast goes, we have Camila Bell as Sydney Miller. She's our main character. I don't really know her from anything else, but apparently, I guess she dated Joe Jonas for a hot second. I did hear about that. Yeah, that's weird. I'm like, I don't know. The fact that she was in, like, a 2000 decom, it just feels like the Jonas Brothers weren't a thing until, like, you know, 2008. It feels like she's the next generation, even though I'm sure they're not that far apart in age. Right. I don't know. It's weird. So she is currently 34, and Joe Jonas, I'm just going to look it up. Um, he is currently 31, so they really aren't that far apart in age, like, at all, like, three years-ish, but, you know, whatever, they seem like a generation apart. They, you know, in it, I just got reminded of this yesterday, but, God, it's so weird to think that Joe Jonas is, like, a father now. Oh, my gosh, Right. And that all of the Jonas Brothers are married, like, my mind is so blown, Jake. I I was going to say, I don't know, because if you count the fourth one, then no, I don't think they are all oh, married. I guess, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I'm sorry, Frankie. I didn't mean to forget about you. We we, we love us. the. I, wanna, I, I feel like it's, like, mean to call, call him the bonus Jonas. I feel like that's mean and kind of, like, I feel bad for him that he was separated by age from his brothers and... You know, he was kind of uh, like an afterthought in so many like public spheres, I guess. But it could have, I mean, I'm sure it had its benefits too, but I, I do feel bad for the kid. He's like, he's our age, right? Frankie Jonas? No, no, let me look. Yeah, look that up. I am. So Frankie Jonas. Oh, he's younger than us. Okay. Yeah, so he was born September 28th, 2000. And for reference, I was born in 1997, and I'm 23, and Jake was born in 98, and he's about to be 23. So, yeah, no, that's that's weird. Yeah, wow. Yeah, he's he's younger than us. That's so wild. I didn't know that. The more that you know. The more you know. Yeah, so we have Camila Bell as Sydney Miller. We have... Stacy Hess as Gia, who has uh, become Cindy's best Sydney's best friend in Hawaii in the movie. Um, we have Brian Stark as Kona, who is um, Cindy's. I keep calling her Cindy. It's Sydney. Sydney's love uh, interest, which you will talk about more. I will. I have thoughts. Uh, we have Jeannie Mori as Malia, who is Gia's mother. We have. Dwyer Brown as Ben Miller, that's Sydney's father. We have Lauren Sinclair as Elizabeth Miller, who is Sydney's stepmother, which we will talk about that in a minute. We have uh, Keanu, not Keanu, uh, 
Gyeongyong, sorry, I'm sorry if I messed that name up. I'm so sorry. As Bo, I think he's like that, uh, the will reader who also just um, kind of accompanies the family while they're in Hawaii. And uh, actually, I think that's as far, um, I think that's all of our main cast because everyone else here on this list, I'm like, who are you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's our main cast. Um, so yeah, this movie's set in Hawaii, but um, the big piece of trivia is that this was actually filmed in Australia. Which is like, again, I was trying, I knew that before I watched it, so I was like trying to get into some Hawaiian vibes, but I was struggling because I knew it was actually born, born, it was born, it was born, it was, it was, you know, it was a uh, filmed, <laughs> filmed, I know what that is, um. It was filmed in Australia, which is just, it just messed with my mind. The entire time I was watching it, I was trying to get into these Hawaiian vibes, and I was like, but I know this isn't actually Hawaii. Right, yeah. Which, you'd think it'd be, because it's an American-made movie, you'd think it'd be easier for them to just go to actual Hawaii than to just take a whole American, like, film crew and move them all the way to Australia for God knows how long this movie took to make. Yeah, really though. I yeah, I wonder why they uh decided to uh film it in Australia. I could not tell you. I I'm sure it was fun for the cast and crew to be in Australia, but still, I know you think it'd just be easier to film in like actual Hawaii because then you're not traveling internationally. I wonder if there was like, cause like I know Hawaii is like relatively expensive. And so I'm wondering if it was a cost-related thing and everywhere they wanted to shoot was just, like, either off-limits to them for, like, nature preservation or just swarmed with tourists. But... Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I've been to Hawaii, and, I mean, we found some pretty, like, cool secluded beaches, but I don't know if they would have worked for surfing because I'm not a surfer, so... Anyway, also fun fact, I assume this is the same, uh, yeah, it looks like the same, um, girl, uh, Stacey Hess, who played, uh, Gia, apparently she makes jewelry now, it looks like, so, fun fact. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I sent you, uh, Camila Bell's Instagram earlier, and I'm like, this is Cindy now, Cindy, Sydney. (laughs) <laughs> it's like hey sydney filmed in well probably not sydney but australia right that's how i remember it it's like it's yeah it's like the city in australia sydney yes that's kind of funny <laughs> yeah um so yeah before we now before we dive into the big plot synopsis kate do you have any history with this movie i literally did not know it existed before we uh we set out to do this podcast jake <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know it existed either. Um, reading the title, I was a little like, wait, what's this movie about? And then I clicked on it and I went, oh, surfing, okay. I know, I was kind of like, okay, I, I get it, ripped high and rip, but I, I was like, is this going to be a horror movie? Is this going to be another Don't Look Under the Bed? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, like, R.I.P., like, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, it makes sense. Do I think it was named... I don't think it was personally named the best that they could have done that the writer producer, whoever came up with like the name that they ended up publishing the movie under, 
not my favorite choice, but, you know, I guess it's memorable. I mean, yeah, but also, like, they never, they don't do the thing where they say the movie title in the movie. They never say Rip Girls at any point. So it's kind of just like, I don't know, Disney kind of put a title together. Yeah, they just had to, like, figure something out. I will say, though, um, before we get into the may, to the plot, um, this movie is basically a reverse Johnny Tsunami when you think about it. Because in Johnny Tsunami, he's moving away from Hawaii, but in this movie, they're going back to Hawaii. I know, it really is. And it's funny, I don't know about you, Jake, but when I watched this on Disney Plus yesterday evening, <laughs> the... Um, the thing recommended to me after I concluded the movie was Johnny Tsunami. I was like, that did that for me too. Typical. It's like, Hey, want to watch this other movie about surfing, but this movie only has surfing for like maybe five minutes. Yeah, literally. And I was like, yeah, we've been there. We done that, but there's going to be a sequel, I think to Johnny Tsunami, isn't there? Yeah. Like in, yeah. In like 2007 or eight, I think. Oh, geez. It's a ways down the road. Yeah, we're going to be like, we're going to get to when we're going to be like, what happened the original again? Like, I can't even remember. Listen, once we start getting to the sequels, it'll be very interesting because like our memory will be like, what happened in the first one? Yeah, I, I all I really I mean, I remember that the grandpa was totally like cool and his sir, I'm trying to. I mean, I know we have an explicit mark, but I'm trying to still keep the language clean. But he was very cool, and he, um, his his snowboarding skills were like fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. Once we start getting to sequels, I have to be like, right, yeah, I gotta remember what happened in the first one, especially yeah. you know sequels to movies that we didn't really grow up with, because obviously when we get to like Cheetah Girls two and High School Musical two and um, all that will be like yeah I remember the first one but all these first few sequels will be like what yeah literally I I I'm kind of anxious to see the Xenon franchise because I didn't really watch any of those for whatever reason so like I'm excited to get to Xenon and two and three and see what those are about but anyway we should probably like actually record on Rip Girls right now. <laughs> I'm about to say, we've already been going for almost 20 minutes. We should probably start talking about this movie properly. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Well, listen, we got to we gotta do the opening. We got to do the catch up. We got to do the background. You know, we got, I got, a, I got a system going here. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have a thing. Okay, it's fine. Our organization is ace, but, you know, Disney makes a lot of movies and sometimes they connect to each other. Sometimes they don't, but they make us think of other movies anyway. Anyway, let's get on well, with it. All right, so this movie opens up, and we have our main character, Sydney. She's on a plane going to Hawaii. Um, she gives us some opening narration, kind of just like last movie did. Jake, by the way, the first, when I first saw this, like, okay, maybe it's, I mean, I have only been, as of this point, um, to Maui and Oahu, so I could be wrong, and it could also be my memory failing me, but those views that she supposedly took pictures of out of the plane, I was like, girl, what kind of plane are you on? Because I could only get those kind of shots on my helicopter tour, which was like the highlight of my trip, by the way. They are take saving up a little bit. They are fantastic. But I was like, you cannot take pictures like that on the plane, at least to my memory. And that was like the first thing I, I, I turned to my dad. He was watching. He also watched this one with me. And I was like, I was like, this is unrealistic already. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, we learned she, uh, she does, she t- does photography. She's a 
photographer. She um, explains to us, my name is Sydney. Um, this is Hawaii. You know, I'm going, technically I'm going back, but I don't, I don't actually remember it because I, um, I'm, I was born in Hawaii, but then my mom died. Cause yes, we have a dead parent, everyone. This is official dead parent in this movie. Yep. He's like, we're going back. I am. My mom was from here, um, but she died when I was really little. So we moved to Chicago. So I don't know anything about Hawaii, but I'm excited to be back because I get. I don't know. She's just like, I'm excited to be here. And yeah, she's taking pictures of the islands from the plane, and somehow the pictures come out like real with real close zoom up, and it's like, wait, what? And this yeah. is with a 2000s camera, so it's like there's no way the lens zoom on that is that good. There's literally I think iPhone cameras are that good. Yeah, I I have yeah, there's like literally no way. But in all fairness, I still don't think it's realistic in the slightest. But in all fairness, like at least she had really advanced technology for the time. Like, she has a MacBook, which, by the way, they even, like, kept the Apple in because apparently that's a thing that you could do at the time because um, it was, like, so new. So she has, like, the cutting-edge technology for the time. Yeah, for the year 2000. But, yes, um, she's taking photos. We learned that, you know, she's like, I, um, all my life I've been, you know, on the sideline watching everyone else through my camera lens, but I don't... I'm not sad about not trying things because, you know, I have technology and art. And I'm like, what? Basically, yeah. she's like saying the wallflower, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. And we, she, we, she introduces us to her dad, who see, she says is kind of nervous about us coming back. We don't really know why yet. We'll learn as the movie goes on. And we also learned that she has a stepmom. And before we go further, I just want to say I'm kind of really glad the stepmom wasn't mean in this. I know. Because that's such a serious trope. I know. I loved Elizabeth, actually. I was like, we stand on Great. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, thank God. It's not like another, like, the stepparent's, like, mean or doesn't actually care about the child. Yeah. we Again, I loved Elizabeth. She was great. Yeah, she was. So anyway, they arrive in Hawaii, and they are going to this old house. And as they arrive at this old house, there's some, there's a pair of binoculars coming out of a bush. And I'm like, whoa, what's that about? Which I actually didn't put it together to like the very end. I'm like, oh, wait, now I get it. Because at first, it's just like a pair of binoculars, and it never is really brought up again in the movie. Yeah. But then I think I eventually put it together. I'm like, oh, wait, I get it now. I'm not going to lie. I didn't get it until you just said it. I totally forgot that that scene. And then the when it happens again, uh, slightly down the road, and then it's, like, never brought up again. Like, I just forgot those scenes existed. Yeah. So they're at this old house. It's apparently a part of a, a Hawaiian plantation that um, Sydney's great aunt has left to her in her will because apparently um, Sydney's great aunt has passed away um granny and on her mom's side so she didn't really know her but she just knows she's getting some kind of inheritance from her it's apparently an old plantation house which and i know plantations now it's like we hear that word and we kind of associate it with not great things especially in america in the south but so and you know 
I mean, as we know, Hawaii is really only a state because America kind of took it. So, yeah. There's just a little... You cut out there. Can you repeat it? I don't know if it would cut out with the recording because it's on your end, but... Oh, yeah, I'm just saying she's inherited a plantation, which, you know, in America, the word plantation isn't very... um, is associated with some not great things. And like I said, this is in Hawaii, but still, you know, really Hawaii is only an American state because America kind of just took it imperialism imperialism we do not stand imperialism on this podcast we do not at all no we are we do not stand imperialism but yes she's inherited this land from her great aunt and the residence is known as macaw Mackay. i don't oh macaw Mackay. i don't remember now it's spelled m-a-k-a-i so i think it's Mackay. yeah yeah when they get there, yeah, the house is kind of worn down. You know, no one's living in there anymore. This is also where we learn that um, Sydney's father is very, very overprotective of her. He's like, are you all right? Don't touch that. You know, like, don't do this. It's really interesting. Um, once again, like I said, we'll learn eventually why he's very overprotective of her. But right now he just is like that and she doesn't really quite get it. Yeah. So when they, when they arrive, they meet. As when Bo comes in, oh, I guess apparently he's an attorney. Um, and he basically informs them that Sydney will inherit the plantation if she stays there for two weeks. So now they are staying in Hawaii for two weeks. It's like, dude, that's so cool. That's nice. I know. I was like, I I want to be Sydney right now. Especially the piece of property that she got to in Hawaii, that would be like, multi-million dollar property like several times over with its proximity to the beach yeah it's super cool and like yeah so they get to stay there they don't have to stay at a hotel or anything they get to stay at this really cool piece of land and both basically explained to sydney's parents that there's these real estate agents who are trying to buy the land so they can do something with it um we learn what it is later but yeah i guess our bad guys are these two real estate agents if you really want to think about it that way like the yeah. clear antagonist in this movie, if you really think about it. Yeah. Character I mean, interaction. Yeah. And in all fairness, like, don't get me wrong. I was definitely anti. And we, I mean, Jake and I grew up in a tourist town. I mean, not as touristy as Hawaii, but it's a very seasonal tourist town in Michigan. And... Like, I understand not wanting the tourists in there because they want to sell. Who do they want to sell her land to, Jake? Um, basically, just this company that wants to turn it into a resort. Big, stereotypical Hawaiian resort, which I can like as a tourist. Those are fantastic. But when you're not a tourist, I could probably see as someone who just doesn't want more condos put up in my hometown. Right. Why- yeah, because yeah, like you said, our where we li- grew up was it, it's not really a tourist town any other season except summer. But when summer hits and all the tourists show up, you're like, oh my god, no, not again. It's a Michigan beach town. Like that's it's a Michigan beach town. So we live on Lake Michigan. So Lake Michigan is very ocean esque and just how big it is and. Because the weather is very seasonal in Michigan, as soon as the weather hits, like, Memorial Day, 
people are like, ooh, let's go to the beach. And it just, the traffic is insane. And I don't know, it brings like a, a nice vibe to the city, I always thought, but it definitely like changes the pace. Oh, it definitely does. And so many of those tourists will come into like the stores nearby and like, because I work, those of you who don't know, my first job was at a Starbucks kiosk in a local grocery store chain here. And when the tourist season came around, I'd have to deal with tourists coming in to get Starbucks. And oh my God, they're almost worse than our regular customers were. That sounds so horrible. My first job was at a daycare. So I was very fortunate in that like when we had a influx of tourists, it would actually be a lot of people take there would actually be a lot of people taking their kids out of childcare to like go see like festivities and stuff. So I never had to deal with the tourists, um, but it doesn't sound fun. No, especially because, you know, they don't, you know, every Starbucks store is basically different. And like we were a kiosk, so it's not like we were a fully stocked store. So it's not like we had everything that every freestanding store had. So sometimes people will come in and get stuff that we couldn't really do because we didn't have the stuff for it, but yeah, oh well. Right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, both basically explaining that there's these real estate agents who want to make an offer on the land, but, you know, ultimately it's going to be up to Sydney to what ends up happening. But as um, Bo and the parents are talking, uh, since Sydney's basically exploring the house, seeing what's all around it, and um, all of a sudden there is a black cat outside, and she sees it, and she follows it because it uh, leads her to this old uh, almost like shack garage out in the backyard I guess (laughs) actually I wrote in my notes because inside she finds like an old surfboard and there's like music playing I basically wrote I love Moana honestly though honestly um, it was very reminiscent of Moana and the um the cat, the cat reminded me of my cat, like my own cat, which random fact for you guys. I have a black cat and he meows very similarly to that cat. And it's very annoying, but I love him very much. At, anyway. first, at first I run in my notes. Wait, is this cat like going to end up being like the spirit of her mom or something? Right? Like, honestly, like, though, honestly, I don't know if you've ever watched Friends, but there's a episode where like Phoebe thinks her mom, like her, her dead mom is a cat. And I feel like those were the kind of vibes that we got going on. Yeah. This movie's interesting because I feel like they wanted to throw, like, that magical element that DCOMs kind of have sometimes in there. But it, they didn't go fully through with it. But I feel like just there was times where you felt like they wanted to. Exactly. It's like this could have gone a different route, but nah. Yeah. Anyway, so Sydney finds this board in the shack and she takes it and I think like I'm not really sure what she was going to do with it maybe just actually go to the beach right away but on her way out to the beach she runs into someone riding their bike and this is where I meet Gia you know Gia she's like cool surfer girl you know confident in herself and her skills and she's like oh hey sorry for about running into you hey cool surfboard and Sydney's just like oh thanks and Gia basically invites her to go surfing with her and her friends the next day. And Sydney kind of lies and says, sure, I totally know how to surf. When she does not, because she is from Chicago. And I don't think Chicago is very known for having surfable beaches. No, as someone who grew up on Lake Michigan, I can attest that Lake Michigan 
we see wind surfers, but like it's not the best for like surfing, surfing. No, but uh, I guess it, um, Sid, uh, Sydney wants to seem cool, so she agrees to meet them at the beach the next day. So she goes back to the house, and dad, you know, she goes back to the house, and then that night, I guess her and her parents are playing chess together. It's weird because like they are sitting around a chessboard. But it's not really clear who's playing against two, or are they trying to do three-person chess? Because I don't think that can work. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. It was just kind of like a setup. Yeah, and they're basically talking about what they want to do while they're here, and the dad wants to like go hike in this valley, and the mom wants to go, you know, see local fabric because I guess she like makes fabric for a living, is what they said. I know they said her dad was an English professor, which is like, oh, cool. Um. Yeah, yeah, her dad was an English professor. I mean, there's a lot of colleges near Chicago, so that made enough sense. Yeah, and um, Sydney's basically like, well, I want to go to the beach tomorrow. And they're like, oh, cool, we'll make a whole day out of it. And she's like, actually, no, I want to go by myself. And this kind of gets the dad a little worked up, and he's like, you want to go to the beach by yourself? Well, she's like, well, this girl I met, Gia, and her friends invited me to go to the beach with them tomorrow and the dad's basically like not really having it he's like um i don't want you going to the beach it's like too dangerous or something and you can tell the stepmom kind of like wants to tell her that she can go but she also is like just watching her dad kind of had this little because we're also getting a bit more into like the dad and why he's so overprotective of her but he's not quite saying it just yet yeah but you can kind of tell like there's you know, she has a dead mom, and he's being super weird about things, so you're starting to get, like, an inkling. Yeah, this is also where we get another classic decom, um, um, but I'm 13, I'm old enough to make my own decisions line. Yeah, which felt, like, extremely on brand for Disney. Well, it's also, like, it's not even like she's, like, I mean, she just wants to go to the beach. It's not I like know. she wants to do anything crazy, crazy. So, like, this is one of the more justified I'm 13 lines, but still. Literally, I, yeah. I I get that. Um, Yeah, it is one of those kind of cases. It's like, you're only 13, but also, this would probably be okay for a 13-year-old to do. Like, 13-year-old, that's, I'd say that's pretty good age to, you know, go hang out with friends by yourself without, you know, parents hovering around the whole time. I don't know. I just feel like 13, you should, you're good enough to do that. But I, that's just I would agree. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the constant parental supervision for me stopped around, like, the start of middle school. Yeah, but even, like, something crazy happened, I'd be the person to be like, Mom, Dad, come pick me up. Yeah, literally, though. Same. I'd be like, pick me up. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure there were, like, times when I, like, faked my way out to get out of stuff that I just didn't want to be there or I felt uncomfortable or whatever. So, I'd be like, oh, like, my parents won't let says, me. Yeah, you're like, my mom says I can't anymore. Sorry, guys. Yeah, even though, like, my parents never said that. I mean, they did say that, actually, pretty often. But there were definitely times where I was just like, my mom says I can't because I like didn't want to listen you got sometimes you just gotta make up your own truth I mean yeah I and I I hate I mean I very rarely lied as a kid and I I very I'm a very honest person but like you know sometimes you just don't want to be rude to people when they're offering to do stuff to you 
to you, for you. <laughs> That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> for you. And they're offering to do stuff for you and you just don't want to for whatever reason. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so eventually she gets her father to agree. So the next day comes around and she's going to go down to the beach and meet up with G and her friends. Their dad's making a whole deal of it. It's like, you got your cell phone. Do you know the number to call in case you need help? Do you have this? Do you have that? And she's like, I'll be fine. So she goes down to the beach. Sorry to cut you off. It was so early for a cell phone, too. Like in 2000, I was like, whoa, they really high tech in this family. Really? Yeah. But yeah, she goes down to the beach and she meets Chia and her other surfer girlfriends. It's real fun, you know. Um, they, um, you know, they got this whole beach culture. You know, they got this whole little area of stuff from like sh- like shells and rocks and things. It's super cool. And they're gonna go in the water. And Chia's like, "Are you gonna come with?" And um, Sydney's just like, "No, I'm gonna stay here and take some pictures." And she's like, "Okay." So they go in the water and they're surfing. We get a cool little surf montage because, of course, we got to get a surfing montage in this movie. Yeah, because, you know, typical. Yeah. And then eventually some boys show up, including Kona, who is uh, Sydney's um, Disney-required uh, um, 13-year-old love and heterosexual love interest. Yes, which, on okay. Honestly, I think this movie would have been, like, fantastic if they could have gotten away from the love interest thing. Like, I really enjoyed Kona's character. Don't get me wrong. I thought the actor was fine. Like, there was... But they they didn't have to just throw in another romance. They didn't have to. It would have been better without it. Um, Yeah. Um, Also, Kona, fun fact, according to KonaCoffee.com, apparently... Um, the name means origin, popularity, and world rule, um, and it's a name for both boys and girls in Hawaii, and it's a city, um, I believe it's a city on the big island, um, because I think, oh, it's Kalua, Kalua, is Kalua Kona the town, or is there, like, because I think the airport is just Kona. But anyway, like, it's also just the name of a town, or at least part of the name of a town, on the Big Island in Hawaii. So, fun fact about Kona as a word. Anyway. Yep, and this is, this is where it pays to have an English major on the podcast. I, I yeah, I appreciate that. But yeah, so we meet Kona. Um, we learn he has a broken arm, so he has a cast, which... I wonder if that was in the initial script or maybe the guy they hired to play him actually just broke his arm so they had to change it. I know, because it never really becomes a thing. Like, it never becomes a plot point. We just learned that he apparently broke it trying to do a skateboard trick because there's a little bit of skateboarding in this movie, too, but surfing's the big thing. Um, We also learned that Kona is an artist because he draws, and then later on, you know, he draws that picture of uh, Sydney. And I'm like, oh, finally, representation for me. Yes, yes, an artiste. Yes, I feel, it's so weird, because I feel like artists, like, you know, like drawing arts and all that, are actually a really rare thing to find in media. I feel like a lot of the time, artists are, like, painters or sculptors or other things like that, where rarely do I think it's, like, a, a traditional, you know, pencil and paper, you know, draw person. I think it's always, like, a painter or, like, sculptor or something i don't know yeah no absolutely 
So I feel like it's cool that there was finally a, a drawing artist. Yeah. And they basically, you know, they hit it off pretty well. You know, they're clearly, you know, having some, you know, chemistry together despite both being 13. But yeah, um, eventually he does start asking her about surfing. He's like, yeah, I normally do like shortboard. And she's like, oh, yeah, isn't shortboard like really hard to learn? And he just goes and he's like, you don't know how to surf, do you? And she's like, no, I don't. So he basically informs the others of this, and then the girls start teaching Sydney how to surf. This is a really fun scene, because, you know, it's girls helping girls. Yeah, even though she just straight up lied, like, they totally ignore that for this part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think at first they kind of understand she just wanted to seem, like, cool, because, you know, I mean, who wouldn't want to seem cool in front of these people? You know, they're all cool surfers. Right. Yeah, so they teach her how to serve, and then eventually she goes out into the water, and, um, you know, she does pretty good at first, and then eventually, though, a big wave comes, and it gets Sydney, and then all of a sudden, she's just drowning. <laughs> like, this is her first time surfing, and she's now basically drowning, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, she... Well, first off, I noticed, too, like, it was really funny, because, um... I mean, obviously her almost drowning isn't funny, but I thought it was kind of ironic that she, it looked like from the underwater shots, by what I could tell, like the water that they were filming in was actually like super calm. Um, And usually if you knew how to swim, wouldn't be the cause for someone drowning, but like they had to get in those shots. And so it was probably easier to film in calm water. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know what the Australia, uh, uh, surf was like in 2000 but yeah i i don't know i i don't know i can't say some of those underwater shots i was like this water does not seem like it does in the above water shots but you know yeah so uh sydney is drowning now basically apparently she hits her head against a rock or something which i didn't realize until they brought her up but yeah um everyone goes in to save her kona actually goes in with his cast on into the ocean and saves her and i'm like isn't it, like, not good to get your cast wet? Like, I know you even, like, shower with the cast on, but you had to put, like, plastic over it or something? Yeah, you're not supposed to get your cast wet. But he also thought she might have been dying and all, you know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know. I've never I've never broken a bone, so I've never had to have a cast, so. Um, hey, that's good. Keep it up. I've, I've broke my foot. Well, I've broke. I fractured, which is a break, but a small break. Um, I fractured my foot when I was a kid, um, and I didn't wear, they didn't even put me in, like, a, um, proper cast, because it was, like, a pretty small break, they just had me wear, like, a special shoe all summer, and we actually ended up buying two of them so that I could still go swimming and stuff, um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm such a little, I was such a little idiot, so I had a pool in my backyard, we've talked about our pool parties, just going on a tangent real quick, I went on our water slide. This is what I was like nine years old ish, um, eight or nine. And I went down our water slide. Um, but I, we bought this like inflatable Island thing with handles and I was going to either try to land on the inflatable Island coming down the water slide, or I was going to try to skim off of it. I can't remember, but either way, um, my little toe like caught 
as I was like going across the um, little inflatable island on one of the handles, like those plastic handles that they have on inflatables on the island. And it like, it like went too far out and it just like cracked this area down here. Well, you can't see that on the podcast, but like it, it like bent my pinky toe out and then cracked the bone like underneath. So fun story about my childhood, but that's the only bone that I've ever broken. I'm trying to think, was this during one of your parties or, cause, wait, was I there or no? I don't No, 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 no. This was when I was like eight or nine. Like okay. this, at, well, at the same house. Oh, yeah. I just remember because, you know, because you had that slide and, you know, people would go down it. So, yeah. Yes. No, that was the slide. That was the house. Because um, I lived there from the time I was like five till I moved out for college at like 18 and and then my parents kept it for like another year or two after that. Um, so I, I lived there for the majority of my life, but yeah, it, um, yeah, that's so Jake, you know what I'm talking about, but yeah, we had this water slide and this really nice pool, but yeah, that's how I, uh, also broke my foot when I was like eight or nine years old. So, <laughs> you know, I remember I, I remember I'd always look forward to your, um, party cause because I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I get to be in Kate's cool pool. <laughs> no, I do miss that pool. I really miss that pool. Also, I totally messed this up. Uh, we actually have to go back because the first time after G and her friends teach Sydney how to surf, she actually does really good. She doesn't drown until later. Because what actually happens next is that um, her and her parents meet up with a real estate agent who want, and that's when we learned that they want to buy the land to construct a resort. And then um, we also learned that Sydney's really upset because their plans don't include the pres- preservation of the buildings. You know, they're just going to knock it all down and build a resort. So she's not very excited about that. She ain't too happy. No. Anyway, so then we go to the next day of surfing, and that's when she drowns. Yeah. Right. I forgot. The real estate plot's introduced, and yeah. I forgot like, about it, too. The real estate plot, like, it adds tension to the story, but overall, like, those scenes are so far and few in between, it's like, oh, right, this is still a thing. Yeah, yeah, it just, it, it, it kind of creates a catalyst for the plot without actually being, like, a major point of much of the cinematography. Yeah, yeah, so then she drowns. Also, um, before she drowns on this next day of surfing, we actually see Kona is already skating again, even though he still has a broken arm. Which, I don't know how much a good idea that is to skate with a broken arm, but oh well. Right, he didn't care. He's just like, whatever. He's like, I broke it once already. Yeah, but I mean, he's not doing any crazy tricks or anything. He's just on the half pipe, you know, going back and forth. But yeah, Um, so yeah, this is when Sydney drowns and Kona saves her. We know Sydney is waking up in a little hut, basically. And we learn that this hut is actually owned by Malia, who is Gia's mom. And um, oh, another thing I didn't mention is because she hit her head against a rock, she actually straight up has, like, an open gash on her forehead, which I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it, it's, it's small, but it's there. Say that again? I said it's small, but it's there. Yeah, and I'm just not used to seeing, like, actual, like, blood in, like, a decom, you know? Yeah, no, it was very realistic. Yeah, but she wakes up in... Malia's hut, which is, you know, Malia is Gia's mom, and Malia is basically just like, you know, she's made some tea, she's like, how do you feel, and Sydney's just like, I feel okay, you know, I mean, I got a cut on my forehead now, but I'm alright, 
Um, but Molly, uh, Molly is basically taking care of her. She's bandaged up the wound. It's pretty good. And uh, Molly basically tells her that the surfboard that Sydney was using actually belonged to Sydney's mother. And this is where Molly also tells her that her and Sydney's mother were like best friends. And Sydney finds that so interesting because she had no idea because we learn here that basically her father's never told her anything about her mom. Pretty much. Oh, that's kind of kind of sucks, really. She has no idea about her mom, and the one person who could tell her anything about her just wasn't. Right. Which, like I said, we'll dive more a bit more into the dad later, but right now it's just like, you didn't tell her anything about her mom? Like, really? Yeah, like, I get you were grieving, but, like, come on, bro. Yeah. Um. We also see that the surfboard did get damaged. It got broke a little bit. But Malia can repair it, so Sydney leaves it with her, and Malia brings Sydney home, and this is where we see the first interaction between Malia and Sydney's dad, and we learn very well, very quickly, that Sydney's dad does not like Malia at all. Yeah, he seems to um, have a little bit of, uh, well, first off, he's mad because Malia allowed uh, Sydney to go surfing. And he's like, you did what? You allowed my daughter to do what? Blah, blah, blah. Because she was, you know, okay with it. Um, Or, I mean, she wasn't really there, but she was like, you know, she was okay with the fact that they went surfing. So he's mad about that. Um, And you can tell that they knew each other from way back when. And there's some tension from. Like we said, yeah, Malia was uh, uh, Sydney's mom's best friend. And Molly even calls out her dad about, you know, not telling her anything about her mom. His dad's basically like, I haven't told any, her anything about her mom or Hawaii because I'm trying to keep her safe. And, you know, Molly is like, so you're just basically, basically, she's grown up not knowing about a whole part of her life and family. Yeah. So there's some tension there. And. Then even Elizabeth says something to, as after Malia leaves, um, Elizabeth turns to Ben um, and she's like, you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like basically says she feels like Ben's still in love with uh, with Sydney's mom to like a, like extent that is not OK um, for the sake of like their relationship. Uh, says, how am I supposed to compete with a ghost? Yeah. So Ben Ben got an earful earful from a couple of women that night, even though he got Amelia too. So you know. I mean, yeah, basically, yeah, Elizabeth's basically saying you're still not over your first wife. I can tell because you still can't aren't able to tell Sydney anything about her, and you didn't want to come back here. So he basically is being confronted with the fact that you know he hasn't like he hasn't fully grieved and moved on from Sydney's mom yet. Yeah. So, and then Sydney hears it all, of course. Mm-hmm. So then we go the next day, and this is where Sydney finally asks Gia if her mom had told her anything about Sydney's mom. And Gia straight up says, yeah, your mom died in a surfing accident. And this is kind of where she kind of puts it together and she realizes that that's why her dad doesn't want to wanted her to know anything about Hawaii or 
where her mom came from because he's basically he blames I guess he blames Hawaii for her, her death because you know she went out surfing and she had had an accident and she passed so basically he just didn't want to come back here because it's the place where you know they lost her mom right and then eventually and then from there Sydney Gia and Kona go to it's called Kalaloa which is a vacant plantation, but she learns that's where her mom basically grew up and lived. She, they go there, and she straight up goes, "Wait, I feel like I know this room. This is this was my mom's room, and this is when I also go once again. I love Moana. Like she just knows, like this is where my mom lived. And she goes, like I know it probably wasn't for long, but I think I remember being in this room with her. Right. Which. And I said this to you when I finished the movie. I feel like this movie was trying to be more deep than Alley Cat Strike, but not as deep as a color of friendship. Yeah, I was trying to like strike that in between. Yeah, it's interesting. So basically, Sydney's basically now she's learned about her. She's learning about her mom. She's learning about you know her life. She's finally learning about this woman she only somewhat knew about. So she's kind of making connection with the place. Now she's really questioning whether or not she wants to sell it to the like, a real estate agents. Then they move, um, they meet back up with the real estate agents and they make another offer for to buy the land. And Cindy's Sydney's not quite sure yet, so she doesn't say anything quite yet. But then also that, I think. Sorry, I I was just gonna say I think it was funny that like it's portrayed as though Sydney doesn't have like a trustee as if she's not 13 and can like legally make these decisions for herself because she inherited the place. It's like no, she's 13. She would have been appointed a trustee or something. Like she couldn't just sign on the dotted line to accept or decline offers. But you know whatever. Oh yeah, that's that's interesting. But you know what? They basically they act as if she's like 18 and has like full autonomy over the place. So it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, but yeah. So then that night, she's laying in her bedroom. She's on her, you know, 2000s MacBook. Which oh my god, because I have I have a MacBook now, but I couldn't imagine having one back in 2000 when it's like the cutting edge, but also it's still just basically a giant blocky thing. We she's have. On- we had a Mac Macintosh like PC computer when I was a little kid, but basically the only thing it was good for was playing paint, like doing the paint oh, application. Um, yeah. Like if, if I had MS Paint as a kid, that's what I would be on all the time. Yeah, like literally. I mean, I was not artsy in the way that you are, but like it was still it was a hoot. But that was when I was, like, really, I mean, hey, this was the year 2000. Yeah, actually, this would have been around the time that we had that Macintosh. I don't know when my dad bought it, but, you know, so probably around this era. It would, But I don't know. I, we didn't know how to do any of the fancy stuff, like edit these photos the way that she she does on her, um, her MacBook. Yeah, she's got, like, the earliest form of Photoshop. Yeah, really, though. Which is so weird because I currently have the newest version because I need it for classes because my college forces me to buy Adobe products, yay. I've never bought, I'm sorry, I've never actually used Photoshop. Um, yeah, my 
my classes basically make me have to use Adobe products, even though I have some non-Adobe products on my computer, which work just as well, but, you know. That's frustrating. Yeah, making me spend money on Adobe products, but oh well. Didn't they want you to get a MacBook, too, for your... Oh, no, no, they said you need a MacBook or, you know, PC. Basically, you need a one of those, the two big laptops. But it's fine, because granted, the one I had beforehand was, like, a hand-me-down from my uncle, and it was, like, an HP, and it was, like, it's basically, like, on its last leg of life now anyway, so I would have had to get a new laptop eventually. Like, the school basically forced me to have to buy a, a MacBook, and I did. I didn't buy, like, a brand-new one. I bought a used one from, like... I believe it's a, let me check actually. Um, I didn't say what year, but yeah, it's a used one. But I, so I didn't, I didn't buy like a whole brand new out of the box one. I bought a used one off of eBay. Fair. They basically enough. said if you have like a MacBook, you're fine. We don't care if it's the newest model or not. That's that's fair. Yeah, I I have a MacBook that as well that I purchased for school um but it's also like my only computer so um yeah I did pay for this one new but I almost cried with how much it was <laughs> like yeah yeah I looked at prices for new like the newest models and I'm like what about a used on eBay let's look at that and it was so much yeah. more cheaper and I'm like, I'll just do that literally it's it was probably very much worth it because again I the only reason I paid for the new one is because I like it's my only computer so I have to do everything on it if it if it poops I, I'd be I'd be very not in a good place but yeah I poof they are they are pricey so I can't even imagine how much at the very beginning when like the laptops first started becoming a thing what I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia page for Max um to try to like figure out um, current product. I don't care about the current product timeline. Eh, whatever. Um, anyway, to try to figure out like what kind she was actually using, but like it must have been like state of the art. Yeah. But anyway, so that night she's on her 2000s MacBook when Kona and Gia basically throw rocks at her window and she's like, "What's up?" And they're like, "You got to come to." So it's a it's a thing because we learned earlier because uh, Malia took um <clears throat> sorry Sydney to a spot where she says you know whales come here but they're young at certain times and she's like oh I'd love to come see it and she's like well they just you know you have to be ready for it and then that night Kona and G are like hey it's time the whales are coming so yeah. how convenient how convenient that they came during the two weeks that Sydney was there. Yes, literally, how convenient, right? Yeah, so they go, and it's basically like a traditional luau. It's not like a tourist luau, because tourist luaus are very different than traditional ones, basically. Which another thing, Hawaiian culture. That's another thing. I feel like this movie really does portray Hawaiian culture in a very good way. Especially because this was, in the ma- this was made in 2000. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree, based on what I know. I mean, I guess it's not really my place to say um as someone who has visited Hawaii once as a tourist and has no Hawaiian heritage but um but yeah I do agree with you by what we could see for sure yeah I think this movie is, is very respectable to Hawaiian culture even though you know it wasn't actually filmed in Hawaii but whatever yeah you know except for that bit but 
anyway, they go there. It's very nice. You know, there's people dancing, hanging out. There's food. There's a, um, an older person telling a story in native Hawaiian, by the way, which that's a cool little touch. And Sydney is listening to it, and Kona is translating it for her. And then at the end of the story, um, Sydney and Kona kiss on the lips. Yeah, which is like, I'm like, I get people do that at 13, but I'm like, 13-year-old me couldn't even imagine. Like, what? Yeah, it's it's weird. Especially because, you know, just because of the era of decoms we really grew up on, we don't ever really expect them to kiss on the lips until, like, the third movie. Yeah, like, if they've been together two or three movies, but, like... That's kind of it. Not these two. These two have known each other for maybe a week, and they're already kissing on the lips. Ooh, they scandalous. Just the one one kiss before marriage. <laughs> they kissing before marriage, kids. Mickey Mouse would not approve. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Oh, my God. Oh, how this happened. Oh, remember when the Jonas Brothers had fairy rings? Oh, my goodness. And Demi Lovato did, too. Did she, actually? She did. She did. She talked about it in her in her documentary, which there were very sad. Okay, trigger warning. Skip like 30 seconds ahead um, for sexual assault. But uh, Demi Lovato apparently uh, lost. She quote unquote lost her virgin. I hate that term so much, but lost her virginity. Quote unquote. I I, I have so many issues with that term. But to, um, or with, like, a sexual assault, and then, like, she was wearing this purity ring publicly at the time, and it's actually really, really sad circumstances, but, anyway, trigger warning over, um, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I know Demi Lovato's, um, documentary series, you know, was coming out, I wanted to watch them, but I didn't remember where it was coming out, where is it coming out again? Oh, it's on YouTube. It's oh, like okay, because I'm like, is this on? Is this an HBO Max thing? Is this a net? What is this? Because I swear, there's just there like streaming services are the new TV channels right now because there's just so many now. I know, no, it's really, really good. I would watch it when you have time. Yeah, it's on YouTube, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I watched it. I have a YouTube Plus, but I think that um or premium or whatever. But I think I watched part of it on my TV with my where my account wasn't linked, and it was totally fine. They just put some ads in there. And it was so, yeah, I would I would recommend it. Yeah, because just that whole her whole story is just insane, really. Yeah. And she she talks about her, you know, uh, 2018 incident and everything. It's 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 so revealing. And again, highly recommend it. But anyway, yes, purity rings were a thing. Um, purity culture was a, like a thing that was very promoted by Disney stars uh, in like the early mid 2000s so you know but anyway sydney and kona just skipping right to the kissing stage very yeah, bad yeah and from there malia takes sydney to see the whales because the whales are here and this is kind of where i also got big moana vibes just because you know she's by the water she's seeing this amazing thing and this is basically where Malia does confirm that, yeah, Sydney's mom did die in a surfing accident. And then all of a sudden, Sydney kind of gets, like, mad all of a sudden. She's like, so, like, I can't believe that she would, you know, go out surfing when she when this ha- ended up happening. You know, she, she was supposed to be here raising me, and she's not. And I'm like, I'm not quite sure where this anger came from, but okay. 
Yeah, it's like it, it it does seem very out of nowhere. I mean, maybe she buried it deep, you know, because she wanted to like I, I don't know, cause she didn't really know exactly what happened to her mom or whatever. But yeah, it does seem kind of like not kind of sudden, I guess. Yeah, it's it's weird. But even after that little outburst, um, um, Molly basically explains, you know, I know it doesn't seem like your mom, something, something like her accident really affected your life, but I know she would want you to be happy. I knew she would want you to forgive her. And I think really after just having that talk with Molly, uh, uh, Sydney kind of is a little bit more all right, but she's still kind of a little... mm, and then I think this is when she goes home that night is when she somehow photoshops her. She photoshops that picture of her and her mom together because they know that happens at some point. She photoshops a picture of her and her mom together. Oh, because I think Molly gives her a necklace that had a picture of her and her mom together when she's only ever had one picture of her mom in her whole life. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that happens. So that's the whale watch. That's the whale watching. So the next day, Sydney is, you know, coming down to the beach again. She's trying to talk to people, but no one's talking to her. And she's very confused. And that's when one of them hands her a newspaper that says that the resort is coming, even though Sydney hasn't agreed to sell the land yet. Yeah, which, you know, I'm like, okay, that news travels fast on this tiny island, considering it's not even news, it's just gossip, but, you know all these 13-year-olds be real mad about it. They're all like, I can't believe you would do this. And Sydney's like, well, nothing's final yet. It hasn't, but yeah, no one's talking to her. So she goes to Malia and Gia's, and neither of them are there, but Kona's there because he's actually fixing the board. And we see he actually is put the little drawing of her that he made on the board, and she thinks it's really cool and sweet, so she likes it. But she's like, do you know where Gia is? And he's like, um... Well, there's this one place she likes to go when she's, you know, wants to be alone. So Sydney goes there and she sees Gia and it's basically this little secluded beach area. Apparently, you know, the waves there are a little bit more, I guess, I don't want to say high risk, but a bit more challenging than the ones at the normal beach. Yeah. And um, Gia basically tells Sydney that she saw the newspaper, that they're going to sell the land, the resort's going to go up. And Sydney's like, but, you know, that's going to be a preserve for the animals, so the animals, the whales will still come around. And Gia's all like, it's not. You don't understand. A resort's going to basically destroy the land for the wildlife around and everything. And it's also when it comes out that really Gia and Malia kind of planned for them to become friends because they knew about the inheritance and they wanted to make sure the land wouldn't be sold. Sydney and Gia have a really have a fight with like 20 minutes left in the movie yeah and they're like so you were only pretending to be my friend and she's like i was at first but you know after we got to know each other you know i really wanted to be your friend and sydney's all like so everyone was in on this like was kona in on this and she's like kind of so basically sydney has this whole breakdown where she's like well you know what now i am gonna sell the land i hate all of you and i never want to come back here and she runs off and I'm like, there's 20 minutes left in this movie. Why is the conflict just now showing up? Yeah, literally, though. I guess because that gets us into the final act. Because in the final act, we are at the real estate 
agency one more time. And it looks like Cindy's going to go through with it and sign the, the land away. But she keeps glancing outside. Seeing everyone on the beach having fun. And we get this really slow-mo shot of her about to, you know, put the pen on paper. And we just cut away. Yep. Which, I mean, I mean, I could tell right away that I meant she didn't sign. But I guess, I don't know, maybe if you were, like, target demographic watching this, you wouldn't know. But I think it's pretty obvious that she didn't sign. Right. Yeah, because she's now going to try and find Gia. And she runs into Kona again. And he's like, do you know where Gia is? And he's like, I mean, probably... Wait, wait. First, she runs into um, Malia, who gives her the yeah. lock with her and her mom, and being like, I just wanted you, it wasn't our place to meddle, but I just wanted you to, like, see how special the land was or whatever. Then she finds Kona, and then they go look for Gia. Sorry. Sorry, I forgot about that little spot. But yeah, yeah, Molly basically explains that, you know, she apologizes for having meddling in Sydney's life stuff but she you know she didn't want the land to be stolen and also because you know she wanted sydney to know about her mom because you know up until now she didn't know anything about her mom except that she lived in hawaii and died in an accident well she didn't even know she died in an accident she just no she didn't yeah she really didn't know anything about her mom except that she was from hawaii and she died yeah anyway <laughs> anyway so yeah she her and kona then go find gia but she's in the uh She's at her secret beach spot, and we see her board floating out in the water, but she's not on the board, so they are immediately like, oh, no. So Sydney goes into the water to save Gia, you know, a little full circle moment. Now Sydney's going to go in and save someone, and she does. She saves Gia. Which I had no idea. I was like, how could she even locate Gia with, like, how big the ocean is and, like, everything? But, you know, magically she finds Gia. Um, no problem. Yep. <laughs> and she saves her. And she tells Gia that she didn't sign the paper. The land's not being sold. Her family's going to move to Hawaii. They're going to pick their lives up and just move to Hawaii and live yep. on the land. Yep. That's literally what happens, even though her parents are both working professionals. and But you know what? They're going to make it work. That's literally how it goes. They're going to make it work. And Sydney and G are friends again. And I assume Sydney and Kona are dating now. And so the movie ends once again at the beach. Um, we get a little shot of Malia and Sydney's dad and stepmom talking about what they're going to do with the land. And, you know, they're just excited because the land's going to stay under their family. They're not going to sell. There's no big resort coming. And, like, the movie ends with Sydney, Gia, and all of them surfing. And we li- I think we literally end on a shot of Sydney on her surfboard, and that's where the movie ends. Yep. So that was it. That is Rip Girls. Yes. So, Kate, what is your final thoughts on this movie? It was good. Like, I liked it for sure. Um, I liked it better than Alley Cat Strike. But I was not a fan of the romance. It felt too forced and just like it didn't need to be there. So what it, I don't even remember what I rated Alley Cat Strike. But I'm going to give this one a solid like 8.3. Yeah, I think this was better than Alley Cat Strike. But, you know, it's not in the same caliber as say Color of Friendship. But I don't think anything is going to be on the same caliber as that. No, no. I don't know. I thought it was fun. The romance did bring it down a bit. It could have been just about this girl learning about her family and learning how to surf, but yeah. 
Um, but no, I had a fun time. I didn't really have that many complaints. I think I'd give this movie a seven and a half overall. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. So what are we watching next? All right. So, Kate, now that we have completed Rip Girls, what we are watching next, we are still very much in the year 2000. We're going to be here for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 2000. They basically released a decom, a new decom every month. So we're going to be here for a little bit still. Oof. Next, we are watching the decom Miracle in Lane 2. Oh, my goodness. So I have no idea what that's about. Um, but... uh, well, I can tell you right now, it has Frankie Muniz in it. All right. Cool. Yeah, Miracle in Lane 2. But now that brings us to the end of the podcast. So, Kate, where can our listeners follow you on social media? Um, our listeners can follow me on social media at kvrandom on Instagram and at katevrandom on Twitter. And listeners can follow me on Twitter at jakeblue98 and on Instagram at jakeblueart. Um, I'll probably be posting my final projects after I have, you know, submitted them for class. So be very excited. And then over the summer, I'm hopefully going to get some time to do some actual personal art done because I won't be in class, you know, <laughs> all week. Right, right. Yeah. And then they can follow the podcast on Twitter at T-S-O-S-N podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at something new pod. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating and review and we'll read it on the show. You can also email us at start the start of something new podcast at gmail.com. And finally, this podcast is hosted on Anchor, which is a podcasting app that allows you to make podcasts just like this one and distribute them wherever they're listened to. And if you're on Anchor, you can set, leave us a voice message and we'll listen to that on the show as well. But all right. That'll do it for us here this episode. We will see you guys in a few weeks to discuss Miracle in Lane 2. Miracle in Lane 2. Bye, guys. Bye.